This is Earth Files, the award-winning news site with the latest updates in science, environment, and real X-Files. Podcasting in-depth reports beyond the 6 o'clock news by Emmy Award-winning journalist Linda Moulton Howe. Hi, everyone, here and around the world. Good news, we have broken through 249,000 subscribers. And last week, we had 57 countries tuned in. And we welcome everyone everywhere. If you haven't subscribed, please click the red button on your screen. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps us with YouTube. And we appreciate your clicking the like button, too. This past Sunday, September 24, 2023, the NASA OSIRIS-REx sample return spacecraft landed with an orange and white parachute about 80 miles west of Salt Lake City at the Department of Defense Military Utah Test and Training Range. It was 8.52 a.m. local mountain time. By then, the OSIRIS-REx round black sample case had traveled 3.86 billion miles from asteroid Bennu, where OSIRIS had first landed on December 2, 2018, and then by May, 21, by May of 2021, OSIRIS scooped up 8.8 ounces, or 250 grams, of carbon-rich material from the asteroid surface to bring back to Earth scientists for study. And that was the precious OSIRIS payload dropped on the Utah desert for scientists Sunday morning after a seven-year-long mission to return carbon-rich regolith soil and rocks from the asteroid Bennu, which might hold some clues about the history of our solar system and the evolution of life on Earth. Life on Earth is a very complex story. According to several knowledgeable military, science, aerospace, and medical whistleblowers who have shared documents, images, and firsthand experiences with me for a long time. A couple of those sources say our U.S. government has proof that three extraterrestrial civilizations have been competing with each other over control of Earth and genetic manipulation of Earth life for at least 278 million years. Beginning in September of 1979, 44 years ago, as director of special projects at the CBS station in Denver, I investigated and produced this documentary, A Strange Harvest. This was about the bloodless, trackless animal mutilations in the United States, Canada, Mexico, Central and South America, Australia, Europe, and beyond. Since the 1950s, humans have also reported missing time after physical abductions by UFOs and ETs. This is page 42 in my first book, An Alien Harvest, further evidence linking animal mutilations and human abductions to alien life forms. On the left column are two black and white photograph time-lapse photos of a bright white UFO 
that was frequently seen over pastures in Logan County, Colorado in 1976, when there were many bloodless animal mutilations. Those photos were taken by reporter Bill Jackson, reporting for the Journal Advocate in Sterling, Colorado. Over in the right column, those color UFO photos were taken in 1988 of UFOs over pastures in Ashdown, Arkansas by Little River News editor Jim Williamson. They had many mutilations that year and he was taking photographs of the strange UFOs that were over the pastures. Eyewitnesses have included some ranchers who have even seen glowing UFOs in night skies emit a beam of light down into a pasture. A few others have watched a cow rise in a beam back up into a UFO. The sky-facing side of the cow's body will have bloodless excisions of an ear, eye, jaw flesh, tongue, and sometimes teeth. Also, excised without blood are genitals, rectums, and internal organs, such as the heart. The pathologist and hematologist that I work with on many cases was Dr. John Altshuler, who confirmed the excisions on this Caldwell, Kansas steer, found in January 1992, had been excised by high heat, but there was no carbon residue, so the cutting instrument was unknown. And then there are human abductions from bedrooms and cars to UFO craft, where human experiencers say sperm and eggs are often extracted and implant tracking devices are inserted into the abductees. And remember my recent September 13th and 20th Earth Files YouTube channel broadcasts were about alien implants and cases of military ordered surgeries of gums and teeth to look for implanted technologies described by one Edwards Air Force Base commander surgeon as, quote, extraterrestrial technology tracking devices, close quote. In my large third book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, High Strangeness, first released in 1998 and many, many printings since, I have a 106-page chapter entitled, quote, Body Containers and Souls of Light, close quote, in which abductees describe being taken into large rooms with line after line of clear tubes, each containing a living human or non-human in suspended animation. Abductee Linda Porter said she was introduced to the extraterrestrial tube preservation technology by a gray scientist because she had been very ill at age 12. Her heart was seriously damaged and she would die early if the ETs did not intervene. Linda was shown how one man in a preservation tube, quote, had his soul lifted up out of his dying body, close quote. Linda Porter described the soul as, quote, about two and a half feet long five inches wide and was a breathtakingly beautiful, soft, iridescent yellow with a white glowing inner core that radiated a very gentle heat 
surrounded by an orange-colored layer. The soul floated across the room to another body that looked like the man would have appeared at about 25 years of age. The soul floated above the new body, which was standing upright outside the tube. The soul then descended, entering the body at the top of the back of the shoulders and neck and lower back of the head, down to the area midway between the shoulder blades. The soul then merged into the body totally and settled in front of the spinal column in the area of the solar plexus." Close quote. Some abductees feel that they have a soul connection to the non-humans who have abducted them, and some even feel they are on Earth as a biological avatar for an ET that cannot experience Earth without a soul. After my September 13th, 2023 Earth Files YouTube channel episode about our United States military having an ET implant removal program, I received this email from a young woman who asked to be called only Noel. Quote, I watched the September 13th, 2023 episode about ET implant removal program. I left a comment wondering what the implants may be for, and you expressed interest about following up with me directly. I saw a UFO in 2000 and had been subject to high strangeness for years after having to see a foot specialist for a possible foreign object in my foot, but the doctor had no explanation about what exactly it was. I didn't want surgery, so it was left alone. I've also seen floating orbs, hooded figures during sleep paralysis, and a vivid dream that consisted of a double awakening where an alien gray was next to me in my bed." Close quote. Noel, now 41 years old and a professional illustrator, was born in Redlands, California on December 11, 1981. Redlands runs along the southeastern border of San Bernardino that is 90 miles southeast of Edwards Air Force Base. For reasons unknown in the year 2011, at age 30, Noel had several experiences that seemed to be linked to an alien presence focused on Noel. What stood out to her the most occurred on the night of March 11th, 2011. I had a dream that night that I was at a supermarket and then suddenly it looked like the ground was falling beneath me and I looked down and the whole floor just was falling from under my feet but I was sort of staying stationary and then I saw the floor moving further away, and then I realized that it was the whole world that appeared to be, like, falling away from me, or maybe I thought I was ascending into space, and then I did find myself floating in space, and next to me, I looked over, and there was an ET, and it looked like an alien gray, but 
it was a really bright white. Its skin was bright white, white, and it was holding my hand. I would say it was about my height, probably about five feet, three inches, very slim. And then I did receive a message when I looked at it. I received this message that possibly the world could end, that this ET was going to help save me from falling with the earth, ending with the earth. And when that dream ended, I woke up. It was morning in my room, and I rolled over in my bed. And to my absolute shock, the ET was there laying next to me in my bed and staring straight into my face. And it was still glowing white. And it had very large almond-shaped eyes, black eyes. And in that split second, when I was staring at it, it then gave me like another message that I haven't been able to totally understand. But it was something like either my soul was being monitored by the ET in particular, or that possibly my soul will transfer to the ET's body when I pass into the next dimension, or that the ET was actually me in the future, maybe, and that my human body here on Earth was an avatar for my extraterrestrial soul. There was some connection personally between me and this ET, but I was so startled to see an alien in my bed in the morning that it actually scared me awake again, and I saw that it was still morning, and everything in my room looked the same, but the alien was gone. And that was March 11th, 2011, and between that date and the date we're speaking now, September 22nd, 2023. Have you had a return at any point in dream or in consciousness of the same gray with the black eyes with any other telepathic information about your soul being monitored and perhaps human is the avatar for the ET soul? Yes, this was on July 30th. 2023 this year and I am now living in a different house. So when I had that first ET experience, I was living in Pasadena at the time. Now I'm living back in Highland, California in a different house, different room. But I was again going to sleep. I was laying there and I just closed my eyes. Suddenly I went into like a vivid vision almost where like um, you could see through your eyelids and I could see my room and it all looked the same. But there was a black shadow figure floating above my bed, but it wasn't like a terrifying one. And it looked about my same size and height and it was all black. But one thing that I thought that was really strange or interesting was that it appeared to have like a backpack on and I could just see that in the shadow. That was something that really stood out to me because most of the time shadow figures, they don't 
appear to be wearing any type of accessories or anything like that. So that was something that I noted, and maybe it could be its spacesuit or something, but it was strange, and it was floating like off of the ground above my bed, and then it relayed a message to me, again, that my soul was in this body and it needed to stay there. So whatever ailments I was having, I just had to deal with them in order for my soul to operate on this planet. It needed to be in this physical form. And that was basically the message. And then I opened my eyes and it was gone. Since the soul comes up in many other people's lives and experiences as abductees, I'm curious now as we speak on September 22nd, 2023, after some of the events of your life and your good illustrations, what do you philosophically, spiritually, mentally think today as we speak is the true relationship between the human biological body that we inhabit as we are having this interview, the gray being that does not seem to be like us at all, and yet something is telepathically communicating to you that it is important that the very human body that you have in this life is what is needed to sustain the soul that is in the gray that you are interacting with and it with you? Yes. I now am starting to understand that in order for anyone to be alive on this planet, there is something very important about life on this planet and our souls being on this planet, but the only way that they can be on this planet and interact with the physical things on Earth is to be in a physical form or inside of a physical vessel. It just made me start thinking, like, you really need to take care of the physical form that you have because it's holding a soul inside of it that needs to be on this planet for some reason. What do you think a soul is? To me, it's, it's a form of energy from where, who makes it, what is its exact role? The soul is so important and yet so mysterious. Yes, I know. And I do believe that there is one giant life force or energy force that has created multiple souls. Maybe it split itself into multiple pieces of energy and those are all souls and that's why it's so important for people to have a soul and keep it inside their body and also to be honest with it as well and how people say, like, don't sell your soul, don't lose your soul, because I think it also can also be negative energy as well. But it's the positive energy that seems to be just very important to staining any form of physical life. And it would mean that it is so important for humans to stop wars, to stop all of these individual bullet killings, because yes. with every death, there is the release of a soul, but to where? Where is the soul released out of war and of murders? Yes, that's what is something that also is 
um, a bit of a, a warning to me because I feel like if people don't stay on the positive side of what your soul is meant to do on earth and you start trying to destroy other life, I feel like there is a negative energy at that same time that wants to collect. It's probably not as strong, and that's probably why it wants to collect more energy or more souls, because maybe it wants to destroy the good energy. After I saw that ET that was in my bed, and it gave me that message about my soul. Then a month after that, on April 6th, 2011, I was just closing my eyes to go to sleep, and then I suddenly felt a presence in the room, and I opened my eyes, and I was just absolutely terrified to see this gigantic, eight-foot-tall, dense black shadow figure with really broad shoulders, and it was just towering over the edge of my bed, and there was actually a window across from my bed that had a shade down on it, but moonlight still kind of shined through. And that's how I could clearly see the silhouette of this being because the light was coming through the window and it was standing kind of in front of it, but a little bit off to the side. So I could clearly see like the silhouette or the outline of it and that no light was coming through it. Or going, so it wasn't like a shadow. It wasn't transparent, and it was definitely a hooded figure. Oh yes, it it looked like I would describe, like if someone were wearing a long black like cape with a hood on it, like it it looked like that, just the shape of it. And I guess yeah, people call them hooded figures, right. but it was really like long, like it wouldn't it. I knew that it wasn't a human because humans are not that big. It was just very big. And um, so I was absolutely terrified when I saw that. And my eyes were open. And that's the thing is, like, I was awake because um, some people say that they see hooded figures in sleep paralysis. And then when they see these things, they can't move. But that's what was so scary about it was that, I could move, like my eyes were open, and I could move. I was just so afraid of what this thing was that I didn't want to make any sudden movements. I didn't really know what to do. I was just sort of waiting to see if it would, like, fade away, or maybe I was dreaming, and maybe I would wake up, but that was not happening. Like, I was looking at this thing for, like, about... 30 seconds and nothing was happening and it was just very scary because even though it didn't have a face I felt like it was angry at me like it was just staring at me and just I felt lots of like angry energy it did not feel good Mm -hmm. or like it was a friendly thing and so I was like it's not going away so I sort of started to get up to get up to like turn the light on and then as soon as I moved to get up that's when it faded away. Did you have any impression in your mind, intuitively or otherwise, uh, even with images in your mind, about why this hooded figure in your bedroom on earth should be angry at you? 
Well, when I thought about it after the fact, because of my previous um, encounter on the month before, when I saw that ET that was telling me all this information about my soul and everything and telling me that it was indicating that I was protected, I felt like this creature came or this being came and was very angry about that. There's just, it feels like there's this ongoing battle. I don't know why, but it's this ongoing battle between good energy and bad energy. If there is a yin and yang, black and white, dark and light, love and hate, battle going on Earth and maybe in this entire solar system and maybe in the Milky Way galaxy, what is the original source of light versus dark that is the mystery that is the one thing that i don't get answers for if i try doing meditations or if i try um in my meditations asking this source like what do i do i don't ever get an answer as to exactly why there is this struggle but i always get the message that there is this struggle between good and bad, and to stay on that good side and to just keep living positively. It was nearly a three-hour recorded interview with Noelle, and I sent off the recording to my long, long-time transcriber and friend, Casey. And the next day, he sent it back transcribed with this note, quote, Linda, I was fascinated by Noel's visions because they didn't seem overly produced or even too eventful, which somehow makes them seem more believable to me. When she mentioned the hooded figure in her room, it reminded me of the encounter that I had as a child. I woke up to a group of five or so beings in hooded robes walking into my room, circling my bed, and just standing there. I don't recall any noise. And then they left. I remember screaming for my grandmother, who was watching me and my brother that night. She ran up the stairs from watching TV in the living room. I told her what I had seen, and she said, nobody had gone up the stairs that entire time as she would have seen and heard them. I've never been able to make sense of it. Didn't see their faces, their hands, anything. Just the robes, which I remember being read. Always more questions than answers, Casey. And last week, on September 21st, I received a very important proton mail from a longtime military aerospace source. Quote, what NASA knows full well internally is that approximately 12 solar systems scattered within a distance of 40 light years distant from Earth harbor highly intelligent life and very advanced civilizations, 12. They have all been at that level of high civilization for literally millions of years. That is the truth, Linda. 
and NASA is lying through their teeth, claiming that life has still not been discovered while exploring close to Earth on our local planets to play it safe. When I walk through JPL or the halls of NASA, I know full well that they know what I know. I've been in plenty of meetings with what I consider to be arrogant people, and it really gets to me how they bend the facts to keep it quiet. The problem is, if it doesn't fit their narrative or agenda, they just won't listen to facts that are contrary to the public statements they feed to the gullible people who believe NASA is correct. You know, like I know how long NASA has been hiding the truth with airbrushing structures out of photographs of the moon and Mars. What's really going on is certain committee members in closed discussions are trying to restrict NASA's budget to force the agency to come clean about these issues, especially all the unidentified aerial phenomena UAP discussions. Thank David Grush for starting that conversation of restricting funds to force their hand. That is the environment that we are in today. But I was told directly by the small group of tall whites that we, meaning people in aerospace, worked with on the design of deep quantum tunneling, which they have and do, that this small arm of our galaxy has a large concentration of advanced life and civilizations teeming with life. They said that most livable planets are not like Earth, but are either very arid and dry desert-like or more heavy, wet, tropical environments that are difficult to transform due to constant weather conditions or heavy rainfall and atmospheric gaseous mixtures. Usually, a planet is heavy in oxygen content or nitrogen content. Earth is always referred to in these meetings as a source planet, S-O-U-R-C-E, a source planet, due to its large biodiversity. The planet TRAPPIST-E in the TRAPPIST-1 solar system, 40 light years from Earth, is also a source planet like Earth. My JSOC, Joint Special Operations Command Station Chief, said that the planet TRAPPIST-E is just like Earth. <clears throat> Both are source planets. <clears throat> the main thing I've come to learn and understand is that the tall whites and the Nordic cultures go to great lengths to preserve and protect source planets like Earth and TRAPPIST-E, and protecting them from hostile species such as the dangerous insects orbiting Epsilon Eridani, ten and a half light years from Earth. Source planets do exist, but not in high numbers. They average one or two to about every fourth or fifth solar system we come across. That may seem like a lot, but there are stars without planets 
So that being the case eliminates that every star or star system has planets. Many do not due to their young age. And that is why we are lucky to be in this arm of our galaxy rich in these special planets. This is why we are surrounded on Earth by these high civil, high level civilizations. It is a location of old stars with a good number of seasoned planets that are habitable. And some of those old stars in our 40 light year stellar neighborhood have good livable planets and atmospheres that these off-world civilizations have lived on for a very long time. The tall whites are like a grandfather that holds your hand when you are young, helping you to understand right from wrong, good from bad, and is just trying to steer you toward the right path. That's really how I've come to understand the tall whites specifically. The Nordics are just the same, except they are different when it comes to who does not have good intentions toward source planet inhabitants, including Earth humans. That is why I say they are more in charge of policing and keeping the hostile insect species from becoming more of a threat or problem, or any other bad actors for that matter. I was told that the Nordics have always played that role and that they monitor source planets, especially Earth, more than any other species. What you see in the skies, mainly the small metallic orbs or spheres, are atmospheric monitoring devices used exclusively by the Nordic scientists. I have seen that written in intelligent studies and assessments over the years. And everything that David Grush stated is true and factual. What he started will have huge implications once the others, six that I know of, come forward in the next couple of months. Your show yesterday, because he was writing this September 21st, so that was the September 20th, a week ago from today's 27th. Your show yesterday, September 20th, was absolutely on point and extremely important to insiders that watch your work. Keep it up. It's having an effect of giving insiders the confidence to come out and speak openly about it. Kudos for your hard work, Linda. It's not in vain, I assure you. I hope that's true. I've always only tried to report the truth. And we are now, unfortunately, in a point in the United States where sepa separating out truth from political untruths and everything that is happening to classify reality is depressing and it makes everything harder. But on that note, because we did run a little long, but I felt this was important enough tonight to do this in depth. I'm going to turn to Ian for perhaps an opening question or two. Good evening, Linda. Thank you very much for that report. Yes, we've got viewers joining us from all around the world again, from uh, all over the United States and Canada, also Mexico and South America, including Brazil and Argentina, uh, reaching right out across the Caribbean. 
and um, and into Europe as well. So thank you again. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Here's a here's a question for you. Though. So here's the question. First of all, uh, it's from Remove Info eight two seven seven. Here's a question that's related to the topic of the show, based on the phenomena of recycling of souls that you, Linda, often mention. How would you actually define what a soul is? Could you explore the question, what is a soul? This term is used by all, but I really can't say that I know what a soul really is. Did this person watch this show? Because the one illustration and the only one I've ever seen in a case that I studied, I went into and we had the quote up on the screen. Uh, I guess so, but uh, but I suppose they just want a little bit more definition well, there. Um, I, I'm not uh, pretending to have deep knowledge about souls beyond literature that we have had for thousands of years on this planet to some degree. I found it fascinating that the Linda Porter case that I began investigating in the 1980s, uh, that she, uh, among others, if you read my book, Glimpses of Other Realities, you would see multiple uh, cases, multiple descriptions. But I used Linda Porter because she is the only one who did an illustration of the yellow, white, and orange glowing color and described it as coming out, as I understand it, and I've talked about this with Whitley Strieber, that the entrance and exit of the soul is understood by some cultures to be back in this area. She said back of her head, but I think she means where the neck, muscle, or neck muscles and bones hit into the shoulders, that that is an area. And that it, she described it as being approximately five inches wide and a couple of feet long, and that it, it fits into a category that I've had uh, private discussions with a lot of people in science. If a soul exists, what is it? Where is it? How is it having connections with the human body? And in the abduction cases that are in my book, Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, she's not the only one who has described having a perception of a soul leaving the body and coming back in, but she is the one who did the il illustration. And others who have been in science, when you ask, what could a soul be? One of the most common answers that I have received is maybe some sort of plasma, something that is physically interactive on the subatomic level. It's not clear. But because the, the word soul in and of itself, like religions, like avatars, they are explosive in some, we'll say, environments of humans on Earth. And yet, everything about the relationship of the 3D biological body of humans and a indescribable soul energy that goes into the Homo sapiens sapien biology may be the single most important part of our planet. And yet, 
because everyone is so terrified to talk about history, to talk about the Bible, to talk about the Garden of Eden, to talk about uh, how one government man said, if you took the Bible and everywhere you saw uh, the words angel, son of God, and so forth, and you substituted alien life or other life or extraterrestrials, you'd be close. And everyone says, you can't say that. You can't say these words in public. It used to be that the Vatican, in discussions apparently with MJ-12, they said you can never open up any of this because of religions. Well, they've been being opened up for quite a while. And tonight, this week, I felt upon receiving the information from Noel, who is an illustrator, that it would be very interesting to show this, knowing that it can be like nitroglycerin in some groups and some people. And yet I would say, without question, that in the last three or four years, that I get probably maybe two to three times more correspondence from you all about issues related to soul, to experiences that you've had, some with white glowing crosses. And you have written asking, is this different from extraterrestrials? It is a very profound question and very, very important. I don't have any simple answers. I don't have any approved illustrations of a soul. I don't think very many people have even tried to discuss it. But Linda Porter did an illustration in an experience, in a craft, where she, like now, there's been many, many, many people who have seen the columns of the transparent tubes with humans, recognizable, other types, especially a lot of tall beings that are inside the preservation tubes. In Glimpses of Other Realities, Volume 2, I recommend those of you who would like to dive deeper into all of this, that's the book to read. And coming back to your interface, in about the description, uh, the, if you re-watch re, uh, this program in the open, it is with the illustration and explaining that story and using her illustration, and that is only for us to have a discussion. I don't know anyone, and if any of you do, I don't know anyone who has the hard evidentiary photograph, video of a soul exiting or entering a human body, but it has been described in great detail for centuries. And if it is the key and the clue to what our biological genetically manipulated form on Earth is, to a half a dozen or a dozen extraterrestrial civilizations within 40 light years of us in several directions, that they understand us 
way more than we know about ourselves. I think this is worth cracking open. I think that there are so many of you out there that have extraordinary interactions with whether they're beams of light, shadow, people, uh, orbs, all of it. And if we knew the whole huge truth that life on planet Earth is like going to some kind of special university and that there are a whole lot of layers of other intelligences and civilizations who are involved in getting resources from this planet, involved in the manipulation of DNA evolution of this difficult and yet extraordinary creature, Homo sapien, to their knowledge about parts of the universe that we don't even know exist. And I would like to bring back that when I did the interview in Gaia with Tim from Germany, one of the questions after we had been recording for a day or two, Tim had been talking about other dimensions and other dimensionals, and it was a fascinating part of the Gaia series. And I asked him, why in the abduction syndrome in which humans, I think, without question, have had physical interaction, a car stopped, they're taken up in a beam, they're inside of round rooms or someplace, they recognize a certain faces as greys or uh, praying mantises or whatever the words are that they, they're used to seeing in popular culture. And something takes place uh, in that abduction scene and scenario. And the question that they come back with quite often has to do with recognizing something, as Noel did, a feeling that there is recognition in wherever they have been about them. And that that has also been part of this discussion. Are there groups, families, and layers of beings who have been involved with very specific experimentation on this planet? And if so, what is the genetic end goal of all of this? And one of the reasons why I feel, and sources that I have that I know have interacted with tall whites and Nordics, why shouldn't we be introduced to them now? In the very decade that is notorious among remote viewers and military and other people. This is the decade, 2020 to 2030, when there would be upheaval, there would be all kinds of challenges. Lynn Buchanan said the population would go from 8 billion down to 2 billion by 2030 in the remote viewing he did for the Defense Intelligence Agency. We're at the end of 2023. All kinds of Dire predictions are beginning to surface about 24, 25, 26. 
if the tall whites and the Nordics and others know how to go into time, change time, manipulate time, that our government and aerospace and scientists know that, have worked with them on projects together, why can't all of the citizens of Earth be told the truth at the same time, no matter what it is? And that is a big part of the reason why I decided to take this difficult question about the avatar ET human relationship. And I've run into this from different facets, both before, this is not the year that this has just occurred, that there are discussions that I've had with people young, middle-aged and old, who have had some kind of face-to-face, -face, either with a non-human or something that was more in the Nordic category, in which the human is told that there are direct genetic relationships and experiments and that there are beings that are looking out for certain people as Noel felt. And that there is a line or there are lines that have been drawn in the sand, so to speak, that depending upon the wave that is coming in to Earth, how far will it go? And that the non-humans, the Nordics, the tall whites, some greys, that they are supposed to be standing by to help. And I guess I will throw this back to you, Ian, to put it out as a general question to those who may be here who have actual government, military, science, medical knowledge. Why can this population on the earth not be told straightforwardly, we are not alone in this universe, the genetic manipulation of DNA and already evolving primates began at least 278 million years ago, we are one of the products, that the beams and the lights and the UFOs and the UAPs that are in, argued about are in fact the presence of these intelligences interacting with a very special planet and a very special solar system, Earth. Why can we not be told the truth? Why would David Grush and the two pilots be allowed to talk somewhat frankly in a House Senate subcommittee and immediately within 24 hours a voice in the Pentagon in the Aero office was contradicting and saying that David Grush basically didn't know what he was talking about. Why is this internecine warfare that has been used in the past since World War II to manipulate and control the thinking of not just the United States citizens but others, that there are no other beings, that they use it as a weapon to separate people?
I don't think there has been a more critical time than now. Not ever. Not even, not even December 7th, 1941. I think where we are right now on September 27th, 2023 is the single most dangerous time of the last century or more. We deserve to know what our government knows. I hope that those of you who are there tonight, who have been here many times and are listening, and you have very honestly, from my point of view, tried to help me understand the facts. And those communications of facts have helped me. This is extremely difficult. And I guess what I keep hoping is that Earth Files, the YouTube channel, and being able to have people at least anonymously be able to feel comfortable in sharing that it's helping. And Ian, I would like to go an extra five or 10 minutes because we stopped a little bit or started a little bit late. Um, I would like to just say to anybody who is really, really in the know of facts, please communicate with me through Proton Mail or Hard Mail or FedEx. And for those of you who have been face to face with an intelligence, with a beam of light, with orbs of light, with shadow people, with whatever it is, high strangeness, please let me know if, though, if you are a person who has had an encounter with any of those facets in the, say, the last five to 10 years, have you been encountering information in those interactions that is similar to what we have gone through tonight, including the issue of this difficult decade? And do they agree or disagree that we might be helped on Earth if we were told the truth? I would like to know from as many of you as possible what you honestly think and perhaps have experienced about that question. Okay, Ian. Thank you, Linda. Uh, we've got people in the chat chiming in with their own views and uh, giving more information about the soul. Peter Carroll says the soul is a spiritual entity and nearly impossible to describe in physical terms. So a, a lot of people are, are also adding their own experiences there. I'd need to do the super chats, Linda. So okay. let's just go through these now. Here we go. Moonbird, C. Styles, Digital Gypsy, Angie Muniz, Yin Yang Glow, Christina Ledesma Jimenez, Rebecca Cole, Caroline Boyce, Full Disclosure, Whisper of Love, and Zip 784. We've also got one from Cards96 who references uh, the hooded figures and says, uh, You will get an email tomorrow on my dealings with hooded figures super show. Also, Christopher Alexander says those hooded robes are cloaking and transport devices like a woven machine. The dense black is just cloaking. Okay, uh, Ian, 
Ian, that is extremely important about, uh, the, course, yeah. about yeah. the woven weave in some of capes of, and that the weave in the linen that was the Shroud of Turin or is the Shroud of Turin in Italy. I've also been yeah. told that that particular unique kind of weaving could be used to embed information. And I think what you're saying is that the non-humans, and I've talked to an abductee about this, they wear whatever they wear, whether it's the leotard or whether it is a cape or a gown, it is all programmed. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've been working with an abductee since um, San Diego in April, who for her, one of the most significant parts of her abduction was the hooded robes that she came across in the, um, in the abduction experience. And I remember with being spending time with you, with one of the scientists who was able to spend time researching the actual Shroud of Turin when we, we sat right. in the JPL. underneath the full-scale full yeah. reproduction of that Shroud of Turin. That's that right. was an amazing experience in itself. So yes, I think this is important information from Christopher Alexander as well. Yeah. Thank, how, do you have, can you say for the, for the viewers and for me, if there is a gestalt that you have been seeing in the uh, chat and the messages about whether people uh, are finding this refreshing and want more information, or are there people who are upset that we are talking about non-humans and souls and avatars? No, I think the, the general uh, gestalt from the audience tonight is that they are enjoying this discussion. Angie has just joined us in the chat with a, a super chat and says, thank you, Linda. It gives you a big star and a, a circle around it. Everybody's um, switched on with this um, and uh, on board, I believe. Okay, and I just remembered I was uh, talking and sometimes my mind, I see images so clearly and I will be pulled away. What I was getting to earlier was about the, uh, the shadows and be doing Gaia and talking with Tim from Germany and ask him, what do you think about the shadow people and the silhouettes? And Tim immediately went into a profound discussion. If you're in the third dimension, as Earth and we are, you have one interaction with particles and frequencies. If you're in the 10th dimension, or the, I think he said fifth. If you're in the fifth dimension, it's completely different. And Linda, the beings in the fifth can go down into the third if they want to. And when they are in the third, they are often seen as shadows. Right. And that gives a whole other dimension to how deep and wide this chess game is because we're in a dimension, and clearly, not just Tim, others, that we are in a multi-dimensional universe, that intelligences that are in other dimensions can interact with our dimension, and that when we are with pure biologicals in the third dimension, that might be like us. We could go to another dimension, and we wouldn't see anything except 
colors. And this is where I think it is so exciting today if we could get past all of the keep everything in a box, don't let anything out, just uh, keep having uh, internecine warfare from the Pentagon against the people trying to tell the truth. If we keep doing that, we're never going to be educated. How refreshing it would be for me to have somebody write me a letter and say, I work for the Central Intelligence Agency and we have just had a huge forum about why it is that in the various dimensions of the cosmos, if you're in X dimension and you go to Y dimension, this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to see. Oh, how exciting to have those kinds of educations. So this is a baby step tonight for me, for handling any of or all of this. But I feel like this is really important. And I'm going to be continuing to report with military voices, scientists, abductees, uh, a, a wide variety. But I feel if out of tonight's show, we all start feeling like we can have more discussions with our fellow human beings about souls, about experiences with beams, lights, ETs, all of it. It might be that humans on their own beginning to finally ask the real questions and not running away from the real answers, that we might be able to have a revolution on Earth from the people and not be waiting for the weaponized parts of the planet to okay it. So, Ian, one last comment question. Uh, well, that's difficult. I've got so many here, but uh, I just want to refer back to the, um, the soul transfer technology, etc. Tom, the man, says, um, uh, talking about the soul leaving the body, and says, I do think there are souls. One time I did it, I swapped souls with my aunt Joan, uh, and I'm from very familiar with the, the glimpses of other realities and the limit water and the soul transfer technology in the um, in in that book uh, space ghost is with us tonight who's got his own channel in his own life and he says funny he made uh, not one but two videos about this very topic in the last four days uh, his question is are the souls people seeing in near-death experiences tall whites in the queue and not so uh, sapien uh, sapiens that's a very interesting question because we are also new to this, because everything has been so bottled up and verboten, no, don't ever talk about it, uh, we are uh, disabled to some extent. And hopefully, if we can all start talking with each other honestly uh, and we learn more, it will be easier to have these discussions. But I, I feel like that what has happened to some extent tonight is a demonstration in your comments and my own efforts just trying to share this material. We don't have enough information to be even able to pose questions that imply that we know anything about what a soul is made of, where it originated, how, how many origination, all of it. We don't really know. And if there are 
people like what you're bringing up, Ian, who are trying to do the same thing, uh, I would like to know. And uh, we have what we, I guess we call uh, self-pollinating, putting the more we talk about it, the more questions, the more all of us will be able to have these discussions with people in uh, whether it's digital or TV or wherever it is. So if I'm understanding right, Ian, you're saying that there are some people who are saying that they're producing right now. They have been producing reports about the whole issue of soul recycling and ETs. Yeah, I think it's fascinating some of our audience are recognizing these techniques, especially the soul transfer technology. And so, yes, let's urge everyone to contact us and, uh, and, and give us more details of your own experiences. And the avatar concept that it hasn't just been the religious figures of history who had avatars representing a divine force. It is that humans to ETs, it may be that the non-humans know that their goal is to explore and harvest from a planet like Earth, a source planet. But that if they come from a different dimension, they must create a biological to inhabit if they're going to be in the third. That's where the avatar would come in, a physical translation from a different dimension and frequencies so that there could be that consciousness in third dimension on Earth. And I, I think that if we could learn more and more, the discussions about the interface throughout the cosmos in all dimensions are involving an avatar interface. So the avatar interface is a new subject that I welcome all of your insights and comments. And on that note, Ian, everybody, let's keep going. Let's keep growing. We are going to make that quarter of a million, I hope, soon. And may you stay healthy and be protected all the rest of this year and in next. Thank you. I'll see you next Wednesday.
Thanks for listening to this Earth Files podcast from the edges of science, environment, and real X-Files. Go to www.earthfiles.com to see more than a thousand Earth Files reports with photographs, drawings, and documents. And visit Earth Files every day, every week, for new reports and new podcasts. That's www.earthfiles.com. 